And we're back with another episode of the Laws of Hanukkah. We learned that on Friday, the Friday of Hanukkah, of which there's at least one, sometimes two, the order of events is that we daven mincha, afternoon prayer, followed by lighting the menorah, followed by lighting Shabbat candles. And all this must be done sometime between the time known as Plag HaMincha and sunset, or 18 minutes before sunset, I should say. And if you light the menorah near the doorway, you have to make sure that there's something there to block the wind from blowing out the candles. I've seen in Israel many people have these um, glass or uh, fiberglass boxes, which they put in, put the menorah in this enclosure, and that makes it windproof. Um, yes, all you engineers, there's a way for oxygen to get in, so the fire keeps burning, and that's how they're able to satisfy all the obligations and keep it from being blown out on Shabbat. Okay. Seif Yotches, paragraph 18. What do you do after Shabbos is over? The next night, Saturday night after Shabbos, first you make Havdalah, and then you light the menorah. And in the synagogue, we do the menorah lighting after the evening service, um, after Havdalah, before reciting after Havdalah. Someone is not at home. If you're traveling, Let's say you went to Florida during Hanukkah. May you all be so lucky. Oh, someone who traveled away from his family. His family is still there. He didn't go to Florida, I guess. You would take your family to Florida, right? You went on a business trip during Hanukkah. So you're on your own. Your wife is at home, and she's lighting the menorah in your house. And then in that case, you should also light the menorah wherever you are, in your lousy hotel room in Kansas, but you, don't, you do not recite the brachas. It's best, if possible, that you should listen to somebody who lives in that place, reciting the brachas, um, and have in mind to fulfill the obligation of the brachas by listening to him, responding amen to his brachas, and then you go on and light without saying the bracha. If your wife, or you don't have a wife, lighting uh, the menorah in your ho- in your home, and, um, and also single men who live in an, in an apartment or in a dormitory, whatever the case may be, they must light with the bracha like anybody else, or they can also um, chip in with the landlord, let's say they're renting a basement somewhere, renting an apartment, the landlord lives in the same uh, house, you can chip in with him by giving him some money to financially participate in his costs of the oil and the wicks of his menorah. And the, the landlord should then add a little extra oil than what's necessary in order to uh, denote that he has a partner who's contributing to the menorah. Um, and, and then, in other words, you are going to be participating in your landlord's menorah lighting and you just say amen to his brachas, and he lights on your behalf, and that's your menorah lighting. But that, in other words, that could be done. That's valid. Ideally, best case scenario, everybody should ideally light their own menorah. If someone in, is, is, is in his hometown, but finds himself in a different house, when it's time to light the menorah, so let's say you're visiting your grandmother, and you have the good fortune of living in the same city as your grandmother, and it's time to light the menorah, but you're not home. 
And now grandma is lighting the menorah. Says, Sonny boy, come light the menorah with me. So you're supposed to, Tzarek Lashav Lebeser Lahadik, you should really return home and light in your home. The point we're getting at here is that menorah lighting has to be done in your place of residence, which is why all these questions come up. What if I'm not home? If I'm on a business trip, what if I'm not home? I'm in a different house in the city. The fundamental principle is the menorah has to be lit in your place of residence, mm-hmm. wherever you live. Um, and I would say in the case of university students, you have your, your home here. You're uh, living large, you have two homes. So if you're gone for the semester and you're back in your parents' home, then that's your home. You're not just visiting somebody else's home, you know? So you light there. Um, and if you're still in school, then this is your home. You light here. You don't have to run home to Toronto or Ottawa, wherever you live, um, permanently to light the menorah there. Okay. Any leftover oil that was in the menorah after Hanukkah is over, as well as the wicks that were in the menorah. You, must, you should make a fire and burn them. Once they have been poured into the menorah, in other words, you have oil in the bottle or wicks in the box, that's whatever. Use it for next year, use it for latkes, use it for moisturizer, whatever. But the moment it went into the menorah, it became set aside as a mitzvah item, and in that, in, in that context, it can't be used for any other purpose. And since you're probably not going to keep them for next year, you should just burn them. And the only way you can get out of this is that by the beginning of, the, of, the, of Hanukkah, and when you started um, using the oil and the wicks for the menorah, you made your use of the oil and wicks conditional on the idea that whatever's left over will not be considered um, um, set aside for a mitzvah purpose, in which case you can use it for whatever you like. Or, if you, or you could throw it out. If you have candles and you don't use them that year, but you could still use them next yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. No, okay. sure. We're talking about the stuff that was in the menorah that didn't fully burn out, right? So you had a little bit of oil left in, or uh, you had a half-burned candle that went out, let's say, things like that. Once it was used or dedicated for use in the menorah by, by putting it in the menorah. You know, the fact that you have candles left in a box, um, they're exactly where they were when you bought them from the store. Nothing changed, right? So you didn't make any form, any action that uh, sets them aside and designates them for a mitzvah. Um, okay. Throughout the eight days of Hanukkah, we recite in the Amidah the extra prayer of Al Hanisim. Thanking Hashem for the miracles. If you forgot and you did not say this prayer, so now there are basically two options. Either you remember before you mention Hashem's name, what, what bracha follows that? So Al Hanisim comes after Modim. So after Modim, the next time you mention Hashem's name in a bracha is the end of V'chol HaChayim Yudu Chasala, right? So once you say Baruch Atah Hashem, you mention Hashem's name in that bracha, and you still didn't say V'al HaNesim, you didn't remember, and all of a sudden after you say that, oh, yeah, it's too late, that's the end of that bracha, because V'al is basically, it's one long bracha from Modim, all the way through V'al HaNesim, all the way through the end of that conclusion, V'chol HaChayim. So, your, your only chance to catch yourself is before you end the bracha by mentioning Hashem's name. Once you end the bracha, that seals it, and you cannot go back. Um, you just finish off the bracha. You don't go back to um, the beginning or the, or the middle of Modim to, uh, to recite Al-Hanissim. And you don't repeat for Hashem. And you don't repeat, no, no. 
It's not one of those things that you would go back to the beginning of yesterday or even finish from yesterday and repeat the whole thing. It's not on that level. No, Nothing. that's it. That's you it. missed it and you move on. Um, in benching, however, um, he just alludes to it here with a with a with a uh, a reference to an earlier chapter. Benching, we actually have an interesting formula. So Valanisim shows up in after, the second bracha of benching between Noda. Well, Noda concludes right. The bracha of Noda concludes in Ve'al Hakol. So Valanisim shows up in the middle of the second bracha of benching. If you forgot to say Valanisim. And you kept going, so you finished the bracha. You already said Hashem's name, so by this standard, it's over. In Valanisim, we have the uh, the uh, the escape hatch of. There's a special text of Harachman that comes after all the Harachmans in the fourth bracha of Benjin. right? Harachman, Harachman, After all the Harachmans, there's a there's a text of Harachman that's for emergency use only. If you forgot Al Hanisim, you can use this Harachman, and I don't know if it's printed in this Siddur, it's, it's usually just listed in, in Halacha. It basically goes Harachman, Hu Yaselanu Nisim, Kemosha Asalavusenu, Bayame Mahem Bazman Hazan, and then you go into Al Hanisim, and you just finish benching where you left off. All right, that's not on the benches. It's like a secret Mario like level. <laughs> that was not on the benches. I don't know if that. it's in the benches. Yeah. Huh? Yeah, yeah. Right. Very cool. I've used this a number of times. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like you cheated the system. It's like <laughs> it's, a, it's a secret code. Okay. So that's that's the invention. You have that option. Um, okay. Chav base twenty-two. Throughout the eight days of Halal, uh, throughout bleh, throughout the eight days of Hanukkah, we recite the entire Halal in the morning prayers. And there is no Tachn recited throughout Hanukkah, including from Mincha, the, the day before. In this case, that would be Sunday afternoon this year. So Sunday afternoon, Mincha, there's already no Tachnun, and the no Tachnun rule is in effect throughout the entire Hanukkah. And all the other things we would omit when we don't say Tachnun are omitted throughout Hanukkah. Chav Gimel 23. Every day of Hanukkah, uh, weekdays of Hanukkah, that is, we read, we take out the Torah, we read this Torah reading every single morning of Hanukkah, um, and we read the, the uh, offerings, the sacrifices, the, the dedications and gifts that the leaders of each tribe brought to the Mishkan when the Mishkan was being inaugurated in the, in the desert. Why do we read that? Because Hanukkah is about rededicating the Beit HaMikdash, and the thematic connection is the dedication of the Mishkan. It's like the only time in the Torah that we read about a dedication of a sanctuary for Hashem. So that's the connection. That's why we read that on Hanukkah. Here we have the listing of all the aliyahs. Um, and I think we'll just skip the rest of this sif, because it's already listed in the Siddur. And um, you just follow what it says in the Siddur for the Hanukkah Torah reading. Okay, Chav Dalet 24. Shabbos, Hanukkah, what happens on Shabbos? What's the Torah reading sequence on Shabbos, Hanukkah? We take out two Torah scrolls, if you're so lucky to have two Torah scrolls. PSA, anybody looking to donate a Torah scroll? We only have one. We'd love to have another one. In the first Torah, we read the entire Parsha of that week. So this year, Hanukkah is going to be Parshas Vayeshev. Sorry, uh, Miketz. 
And you read that parsha in the first Torah. Basheni, in the second Torah, the second Torah, you read the, that day's reading. So the, 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 um, the offerings of the Nisim, the leaders of the tribes, are broken down into 12 days. There are 12 tribes, and each tribe, each leader, each Nasi brought his offerings on one of those days. So if Shabbos is the fifth day of Hanukkah, you would read the offering of the fifth um, Nasi, the fifth day of the um, dedication gifts that were brought by the tribe leaders as Maftir. And then the Haftorah is Rani Vesimchi, which also refers to the menorah. That's, that's standard issue Hanukkah of one Shabbos. If you have, which sometimes occurs, two Shabbatot during Hanukkah, you do the same sequence of Torah reading, Parsha, Maftir would be that day's Nasi. Um, and then the Haftorah for the second Shabbat would be the Haftorah in the book of Melachim, which talks about the menorah during the time of the first Beit HaMikdash under Shlomo. Now, another thing that's unique to Hanukkah is the only Jewish holiday that overlaps with a, well, not the only Jewish holiday, Rosh Hashanah, but other, besides for Rosh Hashanah, which kind of like, no, we don't really celebrate Rosh Chodesh Tishrei, um, it's the only Jewish holiday that overlaps with a uh, Rosh Chodesh. So on the day of Rosh Chodesh Tevis, if it's a weekday, you take out two Torah scrolls. Huh? Yeah, absolutely pedantic. I agree. What are you talking about? Chodesh Tov, Weirdo. Yeah. Um, not, not you. Um, so yeah, if it's a weekday and it's Rosh Chodesh, you take out two Torahs. First Torah you read and then the Rosh Chodesh reading. Then you take out the second Torah you read the fourth Aliyah, which would be um, the day of Hanukkah, whatever day that is. Since Rosh Chodesh is more frequent, whenever you have a conflict between something that is frequent and something that is infrequent or less frequent, that which is most more frequent dominates and goes first. Whenever you have two things coinciding and one happens more often, that one goes first. <clears throat> Therefore, we read the Torah reading of Rosh Chodesh, which happens much more often, much more, many more times in a year. We, we have a Rosh Chodesh than we have a Hanukkah. Even number of days. You have eight days of Hanukkah. You have, at the, at the very least, um, probably 18 days of Rosh Chodesh, minimum. If they mistakenly began, and in the first Torah they started reading the Hanukkah reading, and even they haven't started reading, but they just called up the, the guy to get the Aliyah, and he made the brachas, they should not stop. The, the person who got the Aliyah should finish the Aliyah, they should read whatever they started with Hanukkah, and then the last three aliyahs will be, Rosh Chodesh basically reverse the order, if that's what you started doing accidentally. If they read the first Torah properly, the way they were supposed to, by reading the Rosh Chodesh reading, but they, they made a mistake, and they got used out of habit, they read all four, four aliyahs of Rosh Chodesh with the regular Rosh Chodesh reading, and now they finished reading, and they're like, oh no, we didn't read anything about Hanukkah. And now the question is, should we add an extra aliyah 
to be able to read about Hanukkah or not. Um, even if they remembered immediately after the Aliyah was over and the, the fellow recited the bracha after the Aliyah. So if they only took out one Torah and they totally forgot it was Hanukkah, right? So they did standard Rosh Chodesh, they took out one Torah, they read the whole Rosh Chodesh, nobody was paying attention to Shul, nobody said boo, somehow everybody spaced out and managed to do it like as if it was Rosh Chodesh Shvat. And, and now they only have that Torah out. So then, they don't read anymore, just move on, you missed it, you forgot about it, and uh, you'll catch up tomorrow. They were only slightly absent-minded. They took out two Torahs, so at the beginning they realized that it's Rosh Chodesh and Hanukkah. Then they got carried away, and they read just Rosh Chodesh. And, and if you don't read, then we, the, the, what you might insinuate by not reading is that there's something wrong with that other Torah. Because we don't want people to say, oh, maybe it's not a valid kosher Torah, that's why they didn't read it. That would be the, the, the answer to the trivia question. How is it possible to have five aliyahs on the Torah reading during the weekday of Hanukkah? If it's Hanukkah, Rosh Chodesh, and you took out two Torahs and you forgot to read Hanukkah, and you read four aliyahs of Rosh Chodesh. Now you have to read an extra bonus fifth aliyah with the Hanukkah reading. And after that, they say Kaddish and wrap it up. Okay, two more to go. Chav, hey. Chal Rosh Chodesh Tevis B'Shabbos. If Rosh Chodesh Tevis falls on Shabbos, this is another answer to a trivia question. Metzien Shloisha Sifre Torah. One of the rare times you take out three Torah scrolls for uh, for a Torah reading. Berishon Kodesh Yishuguvri Parshas Ashavua. In the first Torah, you would read six aliyahs for the Parshas. You would finish the whole Parsha in six, which means Shishi and Shvi are combined, and you only have six aliyahs for the entire Parsha of the week. Then, Vasheni, the second Torah, Shvi, the, the seventh Aliyah of Shabbos, is read, B'Shal Rosh Chodesh, Maschilim B'Yem Shabbos, you read, as you normally read, on Shabbat Rosh Chodesh, from halfway through the Rosh Chodesh reading, where it starts off with B'Yem Shabbat. And that's your seventh Aliyah, following? Six Aliyahs of the Parsha, seventh Aliyah of Rosh Chodesh, half of the Rosh Chodesh reading. V'Yem Chatzik Kaddish, as you would normally do at that point, on Shabbos, after seven Aliyahs are done, you say Kaddish, Ubashlishi. Then you call up Eli from Maftir, and um, you read the Hanukkah reading of that day, whatever number day of Hanukkah it is, and you do the Maftir of Rani Vesimchi, like we said before. Although that which happens more frequently should take precedence, so seemingly we should do... Um, one second. We do do Rosh Chodesh. Oh, regarding the Haftorah, right. So he's talking about why we choose, why, why we do a Haftorah of Hanukkah, we should seemingly do the Haftorah of Shabbat Rosh Chodesh. Um, he says, um, the, 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 the idea of applying that which is more frequent, takes precedence and happens first, is when you have a choice between first and second. Yeah. But when you only have one option, and there's only one Haftorah, there's only one Haftorah, we don't do one Haftorah, then another Haftorah. We override the Rosh Chodesh, although it's more frequent, and we read the, the Hanukkah Haftorah, because by doing so, we're adding in the publicizing of the miracle of Hanukkah by just mentioning another aspect of Hanukkah, even through the Haftorah. There are two Haftorahs, right? There are two options for Haftorah if you have two Shabbats, Shabbatot in Hanukkah. Oh, that's that's rare. That's kind of yeah, fairly. 
Okay, last one, 26. Bachamisha Asr Bishvat, on the 15th day of Shvat. I guess he's throwing it in here because it's pretty, pretty, pretty simple. <laughs> yeah, it gets thrown in here because it's a pretty simple halacha and it's only a two-liner. It doesn't deserve its own chapter, so it gets bundled in with Hanukkah. The 15th day of Shabbat, Rosh Hashanah Le'ilanus, it's a new year for trees. Ain't emrin by tachrim, we don't recite tachrim. Ven regen l'habers, but mimine peris ilanus. And the custom is to add in all kinds of consumption of fruits of a tree. And that brings us to the end of the laws of Hanukkah. Hope you all enjoyed. And next week we will begin a new topic.